Thanks for coming, everyone. As uh, last week, we promised that we would have a, an hour or close to an hour uh, for us to explain the details as we know them now or as we are planning on them now uh, for the new church plant. If you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to get the message from uh, last Sunday in which I detailed how <coughs> church planting and the Great Commission coincide. And we are convinced that church planting is part of the Great Commission and is uh, hinted at, at the very least, in the very commission itself, uh, specifically with regard to baptizing and teaching. Those are the, the, the responsibilities of the local church. And so part of the Great Commission, I believe, we believe, is planting churches. And so uh, you can get the details on that if you go online. Uh, I, I wanted to do a couple of things this morning, and I only have three minutes. Um, they're going to drag me off the stage after that. Um, the first one is to assure you that this uh, church planting endeavor uh, was not the brainchild of uh, Matt Scheffler or Keith Christensen. It isn't something that they got together and said, hey, wouldn't it be uh, sweet if we planted a church? No, no. Uh, this is something that has been part of uh, the elders' understanding of God's will for this church for the last decade or decade and a half. And uh, uh, four years ago, we saw... Uh, the fruit of that, and are still seeing the fruit of that in Living Hope Bible Church down in Mansfield. And so one church has been planted. We thought it would take longer uh, before we were ready to plant again, but here we are four years later, and we're ready to go. Uh, in case there's someone here who doesn't know these two men that we're sending out, Matt Scheffler and his wife Emily have been here since the turn of the century. Uh, they came in 2000, so they've been here for 19 years, and uh, uh, Matt has been an elder for four years. Uh, in fact, Matt was stepping in as uh, Brent and the church plant was stepping out uh, four years ago. And then Keith came also four years ago uh, to replace Brent, who was stepping out to lead Living Hope Bible Church. And so he has been here, him and Katie have been here for four years, and Keith is now an elder as well. Uh, these are the men who are leading the charge, and these are the men that you'll be hearing from uh, for the rest of our hour here this morning. So let me uh, turn the microphone over to Keith. Ready? I've got one. All right. Well, most of the information you'll see, thank you. Most of the information you'll see uh, on the screen behind me will be on the handout, so you don't need to scramble to jot everything down. Um, <clears throat> the church plan, here are the basics. Uh, we intend to be named Christ Fellowship Bible Church, and we intend to be located in the northwest Fort Worth area, Saginaw, Lake Worth, Eagle Mountain, etc. And our fallible dependent plan is that we would launch a year from this month. Of course, we do not know what tomorrow will bring, and a thousand things could happen that would cause us to tap on the brakes or slam on the brakes, um, but, but this seems wise and prudent to aim for this now. Um, as Dan just mentioned, Matt and I will be sent out from Calvary as the church plant's initial elder board, and Calvary Bible Church's elder board will serve as a third elder for the church plant as needed 
until the Lord raises up a third elder for the church plant. The biblical model for church leadership is very clearly, we think, a plurality of elders. And there are um, a, lot of, um, a lot of benefits, a lot of wisdom to having that number be at least three. So uh, we're thankful that Calvary is willing to continue uh, to serve in that way. I can also tell you along somewhat similar lines that uh, Charlie Hera has graciously volunteered to serve as the worship leader on the church plant, and we're grateful that, I think Charlie's here, yeah, there he is, uh, we're grateful that Charlie's willing to serve the church in this way, and we trust he'll do a great job like he did here at Calvary uh, for many years. Uh, now let's talk a little bit more, I'm sure some of you may be wondering, about what factors went into choosing this location. So here is the single biggest variable that went into choosing the location we did, represented by this map on the screen. Four years ago, we planted Living Hope Bible Church to the south and east of Calvary. This time we're going north and west, and Living Hope is close to the southern edge of the Metroplex. Christ Fellowship will be close to the northern edge of the Metroplex, at least the northern edge of this westernmost part of the Metroplex. Uh, but of course, the location of Living Hope was not the only church we took into consideration in choosing this area. Uh, there are other churches around the area that we have some degree of association with or even cooperation with in ministry uh, that we recognize as having a very high degree of like-mindedness with us. So this map will be intended to show that. There's the mothership, Calvary Bible Church. Um, and then four years ago, of course, we planted Living Hope. Now, the church that perhaps we, um, outside of Living Hope, we cooperate with most for ministry is down in Granbury, Grace Bible Church. So um, we cooperate with them for biblical counseling, for biblical counseling conferences, even for missions work, we send out Dan with the pastor of this church to faraway lands to train pastors. Uh, there's another church that we partner with, together with Grace Bible and Granberry, to put on uh, biblical counseling conferences. You won't see them on this map because they're in Glenrose, which is south of Grace Bible in Granberry. Uh, but I bring that up because they, a couple of years ago, planted a church in Weatherford called Grace Covenant Church, and I've heard that things are really going well for them there. We rejoice in the gospel ministry that's happening uh, in Weatherford through Grace Covenant Church. Uh, another church in the area that we uh, considered uh, strongly when we were deciding where to plant this church is pastored by a man who was actually here last Sunday. Dan mentioned him, Doug Helms, Caleb's Dad, Denny's brother, um, Doug used to be an elder here at Calvary, and then he left to begin pastoring Rock Creek Baptist Church down in Crowley. We love Doug, and we have high esteem for him in the Lord. We think he's doing a good work in Crowley. Um, of course, there's also um, a little church in Southlake called Countryside Bible Church, that we believe is a like-minded church. And uh, Jason Cruz, one of our elders, um, <clears throat> is going to seminary there. Also, uh, a couple of other brothers here in the body are going to seminary there. They, the host, um, 
And they serve as an extension site for the Master Seminary in California. Uh, we believe they're like-minded. Uh, Countryside recently is, uh, well, they're about to plant a church up in Justin, North Lake, Argyle area. That'll be North Lake Bible Church. So, you know, what are our options? Well, <laughs> there are a lot of good options, really. Uh, I'm going to show you some maps in a little bit that talk about the growth that's happening all around the area. And you could, you could blindfold me, have me throw a dart at this map, and wherever it lands would be a good place to plant a church. I mean, there, there are people um, coming into this area all, all over the place. So um, the place that we decided would be good uh, would be filling a hole right here. <clears throat> so some time ago, we also mapped out a lot more churches than just these few. We, we actually mapped out all of the churches that self-identified with broader ministries that uh, we think are like-minded or somewhat like-minded with us. We mapped out all the churches pastored by master seminary graduates and those who were listed on the church directories of uh, Nine Marks and Founders Ministries and the Gospel Coalition and even others. And even when we did that, after mapping out all of these churches, uh, we thought that the Saginaw area was the most gaping hole on our map of the Fort Worth area. So we continued to search around, but we kept coming back to this area in one way or another. And of course, the rationale of this location is not just to reach the people who live within this little red box, but also hopefully it's centrally located enough to be a good option for people living throughout the greater northwest area, say, here. <clears throat> All right, so this map, which you can't read, uh, shows the population density within the Fort Worth city limits, and the city limits of Fort Worth are quite expansive. Uh, you can't read the details, but you can see probably that some areas are more darkly colored than other areas, and the darker colors are more densely populated areas. The map on the left shows population density of a, as of a few years ago, and then on the right, that's anticipated growth, projected population growth, and the darker the red, the more people per acre they expect to move into these areas. The darkest red is uh, six or more people per acre. Some of you are seeing this map, and you're like, we've, we've got to move out of here. <laughs> run, run to the sticks. <clears throat> um, you know, when we, we did research to try and figure out what are the fastest growing areas in the greater Fort Worth area, and it became pretty clear that actually the fastest growing area um, in the greater Fort Worth area is Fort Worth itself. Um, about 20,000 people a year have been moving into Fort Worth. Uh, that's, so the population of Saginaw moved into the Fort Worth city limits, you know, in one year. Uh, since I've been at Calvary, the population of Mansfield has moved into the Fort Worth city limits. So we need more healthy churches all around us, far and near. Um, here's another map that you won't be able to read the details, but again, I trust you can see the dominant colors on each side. 
This map is from the 2005 uh, future land use plan of the city of Fort Worth. On the left, all of that green outside the loop, loop 820, is my cursor appearing? Yes. So this is loop 820. Um, all of that green on, on this side represents vacant land in uh, 2005. And then on the right, that's what they expect. It's how it's zoned, how it's anticipated being used. Everything in yellow is residential activity. So um, we expect that uh, plenty of people will move into this area and call it home. Um, and w one of the reasons we chose this area instead of other big growth areas is, is this area not only is expected to have a lot more people move into it, but it also already has a lot of people living there right now. <clears throat> so more specifically, um, this is the general area uh, where we hope to find a meeting place within. And that's on the little handout you should have received. Before we go move on, let me give you one more angle on the demographics of the area. Uh, what you see in color is the Eagle Mountain Saginaw Independent School District. If I can orient you. Here's 35, this purple line. Here is 820, this purple line. And of course, Lake Worth and Eagle Mountain Lake. Um, wow, this school district... Uh, keeps some really good demographic records and makes it all available online. So I've been perusing those quite a bit. And um, <clears throat> currently, this school district has about 19,000 students. They expect by 2027, 20, 28 to have uh, 28,000 students, so growth of 50%. And one article I found said they expect this area, when it's all built up, to top out at about 40,000 students. Um, those are just students. They anticipate uh, 20,000 more homes, uh, in addition to what's already there, to be built just in this colored area, not to mention you know, the growth in the white areas in other school districts. So uh, our target area, just for reference, is that black box, which is the most densely populated area of this school district. Okay, some of you really liked that part of the presentation. Some of you really didn't. Either way, it's over. All right. So you know where we hope the meeting place will be. Now, what should you expect the meeting place will be like? Uh, we've been actively looking for a meeting place for several months, have not secured a facility. Uh, most people I talk to say something like, you're planning on begin meeting when? Over a year from now? Okay, let's talk much later about um, whether or not we can set that up. So, we're still looking for meeting place, but you should keep in mind we will very likely meet Sunday mornings in a non-church building, such as an elementary school, which will likely require us to set up teardown for each service. Another option is meeting at another church on Sunday afternoons or evenings, and really, if we get to meet in an elementary school in the morning or... Uh, another church on Sunday afternoon, that's best case scenario, okay? You should keep in mind that or, or something uh, less comfortable than that. Um, so, uh, you should not expect, if you go on the church plant, to meet Sunday morning in a church building. It's going to be different. It's going to be uncomfortable. Um, it just has to be that way. Next, who should consider coming? 
This is a massively important question. Um, Let me give you some principles to think through as you might consider whether or not this is a ministry opportunity you may want to pursue. First, who should consider coming? Well, obvious first principle, does the target location of the plant make it a good option for you? Uh, And I want to emphasize that even if you live near or in the target location, the church plant still may not be the best option for you. That's okay. Some of you live inside of this box, and you should drive out of it to come to Calvary Bible Church in the morning. A church plant is just not for everyone. We have people who live in or near Mansfield who still come to church here at Calvary. So um, this isn't strict determinism, okay? Uh, But it certainly is something to consider. Uh, You may drive past our church plant on the way to Calvary. Don't feel guilty about that, okay? It's okay. Just wave, pray for us, um, and then come to your nice church building and (laughs) have a service. Remember that a church plant comes with extra work, less comforts, less established ministries, and probably less people in your and your children's season of life. So be sure you count the cost of going. We don't want you to have a romanticized notion about what this will be like. We expect it will be a lot of work, and an established church like Calvary really is able to um, offer a lot more than a small brand new church is, Uh, especially a small new church that has to rent a facility on Sunday mornings and won't have access to a facility throughout the week. And think about your kids, too, okay? People leave churches all the time because they don't think it's a good fit for their kids. Um, even if they personally love the church for every other reason. So you need to think through that issue. <clears throat> you must be willing to become a member of Christ Fellowship Bible Church and also attend the core group trainings in the year ahead. And we'll give more details on that in a little bit. So a church plant is you know, a fragile little thing in many ways. And our best chance of making it as a healthy church is if we have a group of committed, clearly identifiable members. Um, it, it would be difficult to have a bunch of people who are only loosely associated with the church in, in a fringe manner. You should trust the leadership of Keith and Matt. So it would be difficult if we had members who had reservations or hesitations about me or Matt, our doctrine, character, lifestyle, philosophy of ministry, leadership, etc. So the smaller a church is, the more consequential it is when a member has mistrust toward one of her leaders. So if you aren't sure, maybe, about Matt or my leadership, then please feel free to ask all kinds of questions, make sure that you can um, submit to the leadership and follow them willingly and even joyfully and certainly with a clear conscience. I think of Hebrews 13, uh, 17, which says, obey your leaders and submit to them as they will have to give an account for you. Let them, uh, let the elders give an account for you with joy and not with groaning because that would be of no advantage to you. 
And more literally, it's uh, submit to your leaders, those who will give an account for you, so that they may do it with joy and not with groaning. Because that would be of no advantage to you. So if I connect the dots, all right? If you have hesitation of following uh, Matt's leadership or my leadership, then uh, that means that we will, give, we will work to give an account for you in a way that will be harder for us to have joy in doing it, um, in a way that could even make us groan. And ultimately, that's not to your benefit. That would be of no advantage to you, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says. Perhaps you have a special heart or desire for the work of church planting, and that's certainly something to consider, though I would say it's not necessary for all who decide to go, nor is it enough probably by itself to make you decide to go. Um, but perhaps something to be considered, perhaps if you've been listening to this information dump or as you listened to the sermon last week, you just feel stirred that a church plan is something that you want to be a part of. And I'll add this, uh, if that's you and the target area doesn't make this church plant a good option for you, uh, I want to ask you to reconsider partnering in the gospel with Living Hope Bible Church. Um, a church plant is a long work, and hopping on board four years uh, after a church's birth would still be a significant blessing and sacrifice. So um, ask yourself that. Brent uh, Osterberg, the pastor of that church, uh, I am always um, really blessed when I meet with him. I have very high esteem for Brent and um, his pastoral ministry. One more principle, ask yourself where I could serve best. Um, and for many of you, the answer to that question really will be stay at Calvary, perhaps counterintuitively, uh, but you actually, and this won't be the same for everyone, but you actually may have more of an open door to serve at Calvary than at the church plant. Again, because of what uh, a larger church is able to do. Um, I think this is a good question. You know, it's not necessarily what do I think I would prefer most, uh, but where does it seem I can serve the most? Um, so we're not, Dan mentioned this last week, we're not only asking the people who go on a church plant to serve and sacrifice. In planting this church, we necessarily are also asking everyone who stays to serve and sacrifice. Um, all of us who stay, all of us who go, are engaging together in one unified mission to see Calvary Bible Church plant another church in obedience to Jesus. And so uh, you need to ask yourself, as part of that single mission and goal, um, where do I think I might be able to plug into that most effectively? <clears throat> Bad reasons to want to go. <clears throat> I'm really struggling spiritually, and maybe a change of church will help. Actually, it probably won't. Um, an established church like Calvary almost always will have better structures of care and be able to get behind you with greater weight. So there will be more people, 
or infrastructure to bear your burdens with you at an established church like Calvary. Um, I'm upset with things at Calvary, and I hope the grass will be greener at the church plant. Again, actually, it probably won't. Um, the grass will I don't know, be brown and patchy or something. <laughs> you know, a church plant, it does have the potential, doesn't it, to um, attract a lot of people who are looking for a reason to leave the church because maybe they're, they're upset with how things are going for some reason or another. But if we gathered up everyone who's upset about something at Calvary and sent them out on a church plant together, um, well, Matt and I would groan, right? <laughs> um, the next point is one that Brent, and I've, I've asked Brent a lot of questions um, because he's, he's living it. Um, and has been for four years on a church plant, and he really emphasized this one with me. Another bad reason to go, I strongly desire my church do a certain type of ministry, and it's much more likely I could influence a church plant to follow my vision rather than an already established church like Calvary. So um, we hope that those of you who are uh, considering the church plant are doing so because you are excited about what, what the Lord might do through the church and and you probably have specific ideas attached to that. And it's okay to be excited about those things. But uh, you shouldn't think of the church plant as like, this blank canvas on which all of us will be able to you know, paint all of our dreams for what a church should be. Uh, we're going to be a very small church and not able to do very many things, at least at first, and, and outside of really just the basics of what it means to be a healthy church together. And that's what we intend to aim for and try and do them um, with as most excellence as we can to the glory of God. We're going to all need to be pulling the rope in the same direction. One final bad reason to want to go, it's a big one, because I've broken or strained relationships with someone or ones at Calvary. Those who go on the plant will need to be willing and able to work through conflict with each other really well. Um, this is another one that Brent really emphasized to me, is, is that in a church plant, maybe the average amount of work that everyone is having to do is higher, okay? So think about when there's extra work to do around your house, okay? Your, your stress level and irritability raises a little bit, probably, um, additionally, there's such a small group, so you're rubbing shoulders with almost everyone, with everyone, every Sunday. There will be no opportunity to avoid anyone. I hope that's not your plan at Calvary, right? But even if you have that uh, bad plan, you could accomplish it here, okay? You can sit in the fellowship hall. You can... Uh, we're always dogging the people in the fellowship hall. <laughs> uh, we love all of you. We do. Um, so, so in addition to perhaps a greater possibility of interpersonal conflict, there's also going to be a greater need to deal with it well because um, we're going to rub up against each other, all of us, all the time. So there probably will be more dire consequences on a church plant than unresolved conflict would have at an established church like 
Calvary. So there's a statistic floating around. I don't know who came up with it and how, um, but it's out there that says half of a church plant's initial core group team is gone by the end of the plant's first year. Um, I assume that a lot of that has to do with conflict. A similar principle plays itself out on the mission field, at least what I understand. In a 2017 article that the International Mission Board posted on their website, written by a guy named Paul Aiken, he wrote that the most common reason missionaries leave the field is not due to a lack of money, illness, terrorism, homesickness, or even a lack of fruit or response to the gospel. Regretfully, the most common reason is due to conflict with other missionaries. He says, from my own personal experience on the field and after five years of training, equipping, and sending missionaries, I've witnessed this truth firsthand. In all my travels around the world, I've spent countless days with missionary teams of all types, sizes, and makeups. And one reality remains true. None of these missionaries are perfect. In fact, toward the end of the 20th century, the World Evangelical Alliance, whatever that is, released a significant study that found conflict with peers was the top reason North American missionaries leave the mission field. So certainly that, that's the most common reason. It's not the only reason. Uh, we praise God. That's not the reason the cups returned to us. <clears throat> um, but it's sobering. And I think it's safe to say that probably the most likely threat to the health or even ongoing existence of our church plant will be uh, conflict within the church. And not will there be interpersonal conflict, uh, because there will be, but can we handle it biblically and reconcile fully and move forward together with full and free fellowship and unhindered gospel partnership? (sighs) Establishing a core group. Uh, We need a certain number of people to go on the church plant, Uh, not too few, not too many. Um, If we have too few people express interest in going, the plant would be unstable, and the elders will approach some previously non-interested parties and ask them to reconsider. So if not enough of you express interest, we might have this meeting all over again in uh, a couple of months. Um, On the other side, right, if we have too many express interests, Calvary may become unstable, and in that case, the elders will ask some interested parties to remain, believing they could best serve there. Again, we're trying to figure out together, where can we serve best? Okay, big picture, how do we intend to develop said core group? Well, we hope to have a core group established by the beginning of this fall. Uh, In September, the church plant core group... Lord willing, we'll begin meeting regularly, bi-weekly, to build fellowship and prepare for launch. And so we intend to use this summer to help interested parties think through whether or not they desire to come and should come. How do we intend to use this summer to accomplish that? Well, number one, have a lot of conversations with um, the people in this church body that know you well, that give you um, sound wisdom, especially talk to not just Matt or me, but any of the elders 
This is a ministry of Calvary Bible Church, and uh, it's appropriate for you to have the shepherds here to help shepherd you through this decision. But we do have some specific um, <clears throat> opportunities that, that we've prepared to, to help people think through this decision. First would be if you have interest in potentially joining the church plant, reach out to either Keith or Matt in the next couple of weeks just to express your interest. It would be helpful for us to know just generally who's thinking about it, who's praying about it, um, and even maybe the level of, of interest that you have. You know, if you're someone who's thinking, you know, I'm not intending to go, but I'd be open to it if, if uh, you're desperate for people, <laughs> let us know, okay? You may get a call. <clears throat> um, and Keith and Matt, Matt and I, will set up a time to uh, have a conversation with all interested parties to hear their thoughts on the matter and help you begin thinking through the decision. That, that will happen throughout the summer, okay? A lot of conversations, a lot of opportunities for you to ask questions privately and, and, and for us to hear your thoughts about um, your hopes for going and, and to help you count the cost. Next, plan to be at Calvary in two weeks, uh, 6.30 p.m., for a Q&A with the leaders and members of Living Hope Bible Church. The Osterbergs and the Allens plan to be here, uh, and they will speak and answer questions about what it has been like to be sent out on a church plant. That will be a wonderful opportunity. And we want to encourage all of you to come, even if you have no intention of coming on the church plant. It will give you a better idea about, if nothing else, how you can pray for living hope and how you can pray for the people uh, who will become, Lord willing, Christ Fellowship Bible Church. So um, please plan to be here for that. And some of you have, many of you have come to church in the last four years. You don't know the Osterbergs. You don't know the Allens. You will be blessed to hear from them and even those of you who are here, and maybe uh, it, it's like when you see uh, someone, you haven't seen them in four years, and then frequently you may have the thought, wow, this person's changed in this or that way in the last four years. Even those of you who know the Osterbergs and Allens, I think you'll be blessed just to see how the Lord has uh, just grown them, all the Lord has taught them in these four years. You'll be blessed uh, to hear from them. <clears throat> Next, plan to be at Calvary on Sunday, July 21st, and Sunday, August 11th at 6.30 for two more, um, I wish there was a different word than meeting, but meetings, and these will be just for prospective church plant members only, so we can really focus on their questions, on any concerns um, that they might have. And at these meetings, right, we'll just be sharing more details, answering more questions about what to expect on this plant in particular. So there's a summary of those next steps. Hopefully this has all been clear. We'll have a recording posted on the website. Um, I'd like to end our time together uh, in a time of prayer. This is significant, right? We believe unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. And so I've got some prayer prompts I'm going to put up here. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to break up into groups, but just that we would pray together as a body uh, for these things. And so I'm going to ask Josh. He's already holding the microphone. Okay. 
Um, I'm just going to ask that, that a few men would pray for these things and all of us would pray together with them. So, Russ, could I ask you to pray for this? Lead us in prayer for this first item, that God would bless Calvary and the future plant with unity, holiness, fruitfulness, joy, and however else you feel led. Oh, Father, we thank you uh, that it is your work that we're talking about and not our own. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us grace, Lord, to recognize the, uh, the plan and the purposes that you have ordained, Lord. And as uh, Keith has said, Lord, that uh, if you don't build this house, this church, we'll labor in vain to do it. So we pray, Father, for uh, one mind, one faith, uh, one Lord to be uh, over all as whether we stay at Calvary or go on the church plant, that it's one mission. And we pray, Father, for your kindness and your goodness to be evident to us and for your uh, direction and your blessing to be upon us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us and that you would stir us up, Father, to love and good works with one another in, uh, in unity and love for one another and for your grace to be evident in this and that you would get honor and glory, Father, through it, not unto us, not unto man, but unto you be the glory, Father. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. And um, John, would you, would you pray for this next, that God would just provide for all the needs of the plant, a meeting space, and, and also all the needs that Calvary will have coming up? Heavenly Father, we are in awe of you, how you build and grow your church. And Lord, um, as Russ had said, it's you who does it, not us. And so we come to you acknowledging that you are the builder. And so we ask that you would provide what is needed, the people, the place, um, that you would go before us and that we would be amazed at how you provide. We would see your hand working uh, not that we aren't working, but we're allowing you to work through us. And so I just ask, Father, that you would magnify your glory and that we would be humbled as we watch and see you work. But, Father, also that you would stimulate us to uh, work in good deeds at the same time. Father, I just ask that you would raise up the people, that you would provide the place, and, Father, that you would be glorified in all that is done. We just ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, Joe? Joe, would you pray for um, God to give wisdom to the elders as they plan and lead through this process? Father, we just come to you as your dependent children, realizing our need for wisdom and discernment mm. Lord it would be real easy for us to grab the reins and run ahead of you and do it the way we think it should be done but Lord we just humble ourselves before you and we ask that you would go ahead 
go down, tear down any um, worldly wisdom that we might have as to how we do it. But help us to trust in you. Lord, we want to um, pray that you would, would lead the elders in this process step by step. That you would they give us that wisdom that we need. And we know that you will. Lord, we say, your word says if we ask anything according to your will, we know that you hear us. And if you hear us, you, we will have the requests that we've made from you. We just praise you for that. Amen. And we also want to pray um, for the good gift that God would allow for Calvary and her daughter churches to continue to be used to plant churches. Um, we, we don't demand that God would use us that way, but we do earnestly desire uh, to fulfill the Great Commission in that kind of way. And so uh, God has invited us to ask him for good things, and so we, we want to do that. We want to ask him uh, that he would use us in that way. As, as much as he would, uh, ultimately for his glory. So, Phil McKenzie, would you, would you pray for that? Father, we come to you humbly into your presence and we bow before you. Lord, there is nothing here that we can do upon our own. This is a dependent work. You are in the business of building your church. And Father, we pray, Lord, for living hope that has already been established, that you would help them to plant churches, Amen. that you would grow them up in Christ, that you would get, they would be a body that would honor and glorify you. And Lord, even now as... Uh, you know, my mind is, uh, does not remember things well, but I pray for this church plant that Keith and uh, Matt, Father, will be doing, be, be the shepherds of, the leaders of, that you would give them a vision for your glory and your honor, that you would be with the people, that, Lord, their heart and their desire would be to magnify, to lift up Christ, and to see him proclaimed throughout um, that, that area of uh, North Fort Worth. And for Calvary. Lord, we love this church. We love our elders and its people. Father, we, Lord, have been, have been used by you. We thank you for the privilege that we have had in establishing churches, helping them, proclaiming the gospel. We pray you continue to continue to do that for your glory for your honor, and Father, for the salvation of others um, that you would call to be your own. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, we're going to finish uh, 10 minutes early. Um, you know, we could uh, take, you know, Q&A from 200 people, but uh, we think that would be better served by just having you ask whatever questions you have directly to either me or Matt or, again, any of the elders. 
So this is a, a ministry of, of Calvary Bible Church. Feel free to ask any of the elders any question that you have, and please continue to pray for this work. Uh, be blessed in the Lord with your fellowship now and as you prepare uh, to worship together down the hall.